Joining us here in the studio for the news briefing is Sa Misorang. Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. Well, we're going to begin as we have been uh, for the past few weeks. Unfortunately, that uh, is a necessity now uh, to get the latest numbers with COVID-19. Maybe some promising signs, uh, perhaps a little bit too early to jump to any conclusions, but at least for a weekday where we typically typically have the uh, regular amount of testing being done, Mm -hmm. uh, we saw some perhaps promising numbers? That's right, because numbers, they have dipped below 1,000 for the second day in a row. The KDCA confirmed 869 new COVID-19 cases, including 824 local infections. And that makes the country's caseload at 51,460. Another record high of 24 people have died from the disease in the past 24 hours, and this raises the death toll to 722. The fatality rate currently stands at 1.4%. We have been seeing these record um, highs of fatalities, Mm -hmm. and that is, of course, tragic. It is probably indicated with the number of uh, infections and outstanding patients being treated, right? And that's one thing. But we've noticed in other countries where fatality rates have gone down over time in the sense that they've been finding better ways or effective ways to treat these patients. Uh, It's not necessarily indicative of anything about a a CFR rising because of overrun hospital systems yet, right? Right, not yet. Okay. Well, in terms of the government and what they're able to handle, Chung Eun-kyung did mention how um, despite the strengthened measures, she says it's not out of the realm of possibility to see cases rise to 1,100, 1,200 yeah. per day next mm-hmm. week. Maybe that was a little bit of gloom and doom to try to get people to be more adherent to the social distancing policies. And um, we have been wondering about level three or not. It does look clear that the government is going to do everything it can to not uh, yeah. officially raise it to level three. But we're seeing these little tweaks in the quarantine measures and the central government, particularly what it's going to affect us here in Seoul, they did give us details of these uh, year-end special quarantine measures. Mm-hmm. So as our Tremira mentioned on yesterday's news briefing, the local governments of Seoul, Gyeonggi Province and Incheon, they issued an administrative order on Monday banning social gatherings of more than five people. As you mentioned in the opening, Henry, the order is already in effect as of midnight yesterday and will stay in place through to January 3rd. Now, the new addition here is that the central government decided on Tuesday to extend this ban beyond the Greater Seoul area to the rest of the country. So this nationwide ban will come into effect later today at midnight and stay in place same as the administrative orders, to January 3rd. Now, there is an important distinction to be made here. The ban for the greatest whole area, that's an administrative order, and that carries a fine of up to 3 million won with it. Mm -hmm. But the ban for the rest of the country, it's just a guide. It's a recommendation. And it's been stated explicitly that those violating the rule for those other regions, they will not face any punishment. What's interesting here is that if you are a Seoul, Gyeonggi or Incheon resident, you will be required to keep the rule of less than five people per social gathering, even when you're outside the region. So, for example, if you're a Seoul resident, you can't go with five of your friends and have a party down in Jeju. That is not allowed because you are registered as a Seoul resident. Now, Prime Minister Chong Se-gyun, he said during an interagency meeting yesterday that, quote, the government will block transmissions in everyday life in practical ways 
rather than through the formality of adjusting levels. Right. So, bottom line, if you are a Mokpo resident, you are expected to not <laughs> gather uh, in groups of more than five. But if you do, you're probably going to get some stern talking to or, you know, kind of dirty looks, but you're not going to get any fines or any sure. other punitive measures. If you're a Seoul resident, don't gather with more than five, even if you leave the country. I know that um, I'm not a personal member of it, but during, in, in the various mom cafes, there are these... Uh-huh. Um, Uh, wives who've been talking and complaining about they want to adhere to the social distancing measures, but they're getting pressured to visit their family. So their shiomani, their Mm mother-in-law, the husband's mom is saying, who cares about this? Just come. You're supposed to come to to, um, celebrate the holidays with Mm -hmm. us. And that is that pressure that you often get from the mother-in-laws. But that would be outside. And that would be why there is that uh, ban here for Seoul residents. But they are uh, kind of knowing that a lot of people go outside of Seoul to celebrate and with the uh, crux of the infections coming from here, Mm -hmm. that is potentially the super spreading um, events that could occur in various other parts of the country, which already are seeing numbers grow. Right. And so on that point of the family gatherings, people might be a little bit confused because they have said, if you are a family, it's okay to gather more than five, but that is only for the family members that are registered at the same address. Right. The nuclear family. The nuclear family. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and it's all commonsensical. There is this, um, I would say, criticism, and it seems like a lot of the medical experts have been saying we should have been at level three uh, weeks ago, mm-hmm. but the government certainly does not want to at least give this sort of uh, mandate that we are officially in level three, but they're making these tweaks that kind of put, push us a little closer and closer to a de facto level three yeah. situation, mm-hmm. uh, but without sending that signal that perhaps uh, it causes some kind of depression uh, mm-hmm. in the economy. Uh, is that the best approach? We don't know, but uh, right now the, the the key priority is getting the infection numbers uh, to a reasonable level, and we'll keep our eyes on today's uh, numbers to see if the uh, downward trend continues. Now, uh, I mentioned this briefly, but you're going to actually clarify this for us so that people have no confusion. Um, you are uh, in a friend group with nine other guys, and you want to go out and drink and, and party, <laughs> uh-huh. hypothetically speaking. Yes. How are you going to do that without, without violating the law? Well, um, maybe you can find a loophole, and what mm-hmm. you can do is go to a restaurant or bar or whatever um, before 9 p.m., obviously, sure. but, and say, we're going to uh, sit in groups of three and four and then pretend that we don't know each other and gather together and then maybe run, in, run into each other in the bathrooms. Or I don't know how you're going to do it. That's not going to be allowed, right? Not allowed, and it's been explicitly stated that okay. it is not allowed. So you can't split into small groups of five people or fewer or pretend that you are two separate groups that happen to run into each other at the establishment. Now, in case of such violation, the restaurant owner will be fined up to 3 million won, and the customer or the customers will be faced uh, with a fine of up to 100,000 won. The government also announced a list of facilities that will be shut down over this critical period, so up until January 3rd. Across the country, 16 ski resorts, 35 ice rinks and 128 sledding hills, as well as New Year's Day sunrise spots including Cheongdongjin Beach in Gangwon Province and Namsan's Hall Tower in the country's capital, they will all be closed until January 3rd. As for wedding and funeral ceremonies, they will still be permitted in consideration of their unique characteristics, but there will be a limit on the number of participants. It's less, uh, fewer than 50 for the entire country, but in Seoul, the limit is lower at 30. 
So at least until the new year, let's uh, see how this takes us in, in terms of infections and perhaps hope and wait that the government uh, sees a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel and uh, loosens these restrictions uh, heading out after January 3rd. We shall see. Now, uh, there are indications that uh, this could be more of an indefinite situation, especially with the concerns coming out overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a follow-up of what we've been talking about yesterday in b i s o r a n g but there is evidence to suggest that this uh, coronavirus variant that has been discovered in the UK, uh, al- also more virulent, but also seems to spread more easily in children. Yeah, uh, spreads more easily or as same as adults. Mm. And this is of interest because up until this point, the general understanding was that children were much less likely to become infected with the novel coronavirus compared to adults. Now, the existing explanation for this is that children, they have fewer doorways for the virus to enter our body cells. Now, by now, we've all seen the stylized diagrams of what a coronavirus looks like. It's basically a sphere with Mm. many, many spikes on them. And these spikes, they attach to receptors on our body cells called ACE2 receptors and enter the human cell in that way. And the understanding is that because children have fewer of these receptors, they have a lower chance of getting infected even if they are exposed to the virus. But now the UK government's advisory group on new and emerging respiratory virus threats, they announced on Monday local time that there is a new variant of the coronavirus that is spreading rapidly in Britain and that that variant, it carries mutations, which could mean that children are as susceptible to becoming infected with it as adults. And even among adults, this new strain, which has already become the dominant strain in South Britain, Scientists believe that the new strain is up to 70% more transmissible than previous iterations. Now, at the current stage, these are all just strongly presumed Mm. truths. There's no clear-cut evidence as yet, and scientists will look into the relationship over the Christmas holidays. So just to be clear, it spreads more easily, but we don't have any um, empirical data on a lot of this, and also if whether the the severity of it among children increases or not. Right, right? yeah. Okay, good to know. Now, but... Nevertheless, as you say, it's certainly a scary situation, enough so that many countries have essentially shut their borders with Britain, right? Right, because it is thought that this new mutation, it has originated in England, so they're trying to block that mutation from entering the country. And more than 40 countries have imposed restrictions to entry from the UK. And this includes passenger flights, trains and freight transportation. Countries such as Sweden, Swiss and Spain, they are completely banning all people coming from the UK. Some countries go a step farther. For example, in Hong Kong's case, if you had a layover in the UK and that layover was over two hours, you're still banned Mm. from entering Hong Kong, even if you didn't stay there for two weeks or longer. And of note, Korea at the moment does not. impose a special restriction dedicated to travelers from the UK. Interesting. And uh, we'll see if that holds uh, as more and more uh, data comes out in, in, uh, with this variant. Turning to politics now, uh, we're going to first start with the opposition. Uh, a controversial lawmaker who's been embroiled in some allegations 
Representative Chan Bongmin has now officially quit the mm-hmm. uh, People Power Party uh, over these allegations that have been leveled against him and his family, particularly uh, involving his father. That's right. So the Busan-based lawmaker and also the richest lawmaker, yeah. Chan, he announced his decision to leave the party at the National Assembly. A bit of background. On Sunday, NBC reported that the first-time, uh, first-term lawmaker allegedly had his father's construction company, Yijin, outsource projects to a firm that he and his siblings owned, which could constitute illegal wealth transfer. Then the lawmaker's father was suspected of attempting to cover up the news report by bribing an NBC journalist offering to pay 30 million won. And during yesterday's press briefing, Chon said that he apologizes for his father's inappropriate comments with regards to the bribing and that he has decided to leave the party to take responsibility and not hurt the party. He also apologized to the public and his fellow party members over the matter. He, however, did not admit to the allegations, saying that they will be dealt with in accordance with the law. Now, just because John is leaving the party, it doesn't mean that he's leaving his lawmaker position. Mm. It just means that he'll become an independent lawmaker and not have to face the internal probe conducted by the PPP itself. Right. An effective way to try to show some remorse, but at Mm. the same time, keep your lawmaker job and perhaps keep the heat off the uh, opposition. Mm -hmm. Uh, The allegations are still being uh, looked at. Now, speaking of allegations, there is a movement underfoot now to try to get the uh, new land minister nominee, Pyeong Chang-hum, essentially either have his nomination rescinded or mm-hmm. uh, the opposition is going as far as saying we might even try to undertake some legal action. Sure. So PPP lawmakers who are members of the National Assembly's Land, Infrastructure and Transport Committee, they made the demand in yesterday's press conference, which was just a day ahead of today's confirmation hearing. The group claimed that enough has already surfaced to disqualify the nominee from serving as a minister because Pyon lacks, according to them, quote, not only talent and competency, but also moral character. They warned of taking legal steps if Pyon does not withdraw himself. Uh, at the same time, though, the legislators, they did say that should Pyon's confirmation hearing go ahead as planned, they won't boycott it. Back in 2016, Pyon had apparently disrespected the death of a contract worker who was hit by an approaching train while fixing a platform door in a subway station in Seoul. Pyon had called the incident, quote, nothing serious, and essentially blamed the victim for not paying more attention. And another point that detractors like to bring up is that as CEO of this whole owned SH, Seoul Housing and Communities Corporation, Pyon had hired 18 people who shared his own school background. So usually when there is a uh, cabinet reshuffle and there's a group of uh, officials nominated for these cabinet positions, the opposition and then the uh, compliant media usually try to target one or two to try to take down. So uh, they know Mm -hmm. that politically it's hard to uh, get rid of all of these nominations because it is the presidential prerogative and none of these actually require uh, assembly approval except for prime minister. And so they choose one. It's very clear they've chosen Pyeongchang and they've kind of now and they have to frame it in a way. And the framing here is that Pyeong is this really kind of coarse, vulgar, Mm. impolite 
polite guy who's right. really just harsh with people, including that allegation about how, how he apparently uh, physically assaulted a, a taxi driver, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, that is going to be what they're uh, trying to do. And again, it's, it's sort of a ritualistic thing in Korean politics, and we'll sure. see how successful it is. Let's talk about another uh, brewing controversy that uh, we've addressed here on the show uh, several times in the past. Prime Minister Chung Se-gyun now hinting, and this, is, uh, this has proven to be controversial among uh, his party's supporters, mm-hmm. hinting at giving medical students another chance to sit the state licensing exams. Right, so he hinted at that at a KBS radio program on Sunday. During the interview, Chung said that the government has been very cautious about the matter. because of public opinion, but that the government will soon take steps after assessing the various realities surrounding the issue. When pressed further about whether the government is open to giving a second chance to the fourth-year medical students, Chong gave a positive response. While the government couldn't conclude whether it would be fair to provide this second chance, the prime minister said that he noticed some changes in general public opinion one that favors providing relief to medical students. The government has been saying all along that first, the public should be on board with the idea of giving students a second chance, but it's also now facing growing concerns about a possible shortage of new doctors amid the third wave of COVID-19. But at the same time, there's no guarantee nor consensus even among the medical profession that saving medical students will have any meaningful difference in the fight against the novel coronavirus. And some in the medical and allied health professions, they have even said that the shortage of newly qualified doctors, it would would serve as an ample opportunity to reorganize the current medical system that is heavily reliant on what I would say is inhumane Mm. labor of Mm. residents and interns. Korea is expected to fall short of 2,700 doctors next year after 86% of fourth-year medical students boycotted taking this year's state-run medical licensing exam back in September. The students were protesting the government's medical reform plan. Right. Uh, So uh, we've talked enough about that issue in the past. Uh, Let's move on to our final story. Uh, Major commercial banks uh, in Korea continuing to tighten their grip on lending rules. That's right, and this change comes after financial authorities warned local lenders earlier this year to better manage household credit. One major lender, KB Bank, it has decided to cap the size of personal loans per household at 20 million won. Shinan Bank has decided to stop accepting applications for new personal loans from today through to January 3rd. And Hana Bank is looking to decrease its basic limit for loans taken out by professionals, from the current 150 million won down to 50 million Mm. won. South Korea's household debt growth has been expanding at a notable pace this year due to the heated housing market and COVID-19. The value of outstanding bank loans to households gained 13.6 trillion won on month in November, marking the largest monthly gain since the central bank started compiling such data in 2004. Right. So if you had any plans, uh, perhaps in the end of this year or in the beginning of next year for some either major purchase or financing of uh, a big project, it looks like you're going to have to revisit those uh, uh, plans in terms of what you're able to uh, borrow according Mm -hmm. to your credit, because it is a big problem with household debt. And so uh, there is going to be a cracking down on that. 
미소랑, as always, thank you very much for joining us. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you.